0: transmitting directly from the launch pad bringing blue collar to your cell tower the rock and roll libertarian himself it's time to blast off with johnny rocket Hey, it's off with Johnny Rocket, and I'm here with my rate of truth, Miss Fraley and Hello, everyone.
1: Hi, Johnny. How
2: are, are you? I'm
0: okay. Doing well. Do, see, I said good last show, and I was waiting for somebody to like, you didn't say that word correctly. You didn't use it in the right context. Good is not correct. Well, there's the correct word. Whatever. I said well now, I, I understand. I didn't say weld, I said well. And oh I, good,
2: please never say weld. Yeah, I know. Never I say know. weld.
0: Never say weld. Anyway, though, Raylene, I'm actually having a pretty damn good day.
2: Nice, me too.
0: Yeah, I'm. it's, you know, the weather, it's been hot and now it's kind of cooling down a little bit. I'm like excited about it because I work outside and awesome. I don't know about you, but what's going on with you?
2: Um, I'm just all about that Liberty brah. Today is the day. I, I feel like I've been slaying some dragons, talking about principles, and um, I'm really excited about our guest because um, someone who I know was was telling me how great he is, and so and he's a very principled libertarian. So I, I love hearing about candidates who are principled.
0: I'm all about principles, and so uh, this is what this show's about. Blast off is about guys who are principled. So, and I'm ladies, ready. oh yeah. And what?
2: Don't forget the lady. Oh,
0: yeah. And the lady. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Travis Irvine was born and raised in Columbus, Ohio. After graduating from Ohio University with a degree in communications in 2006, he worked in the Bahamas for a year with the Columbus based nonprofit International Field Studies. Later, Travis graduated from the revered columbia journalism school travis has traveled the country and the world in his professional endeavors but has always called ohio his home in 2007 travis ran for mayor in his hometown bexley while he didn't win many of his campaign ideas were implemented by the city when he went to intern on capitol hill in washington dc before producing a web series about local government services around the country for a legendary infomercial guru matthew lesko in 2010 he ran for u.s congress in the 12th district his campaign videos were a national hit being featured on PBS, CNN, and the Jay Leno show. In 2014, Travis founded the anti-John Kasich PAC Central Ohioans, Connering Kasich. Travis took an interest in politics at an early age and has a history of <laughs> political activism. His political writings and videos have been featured on The Guardian, Vice, Huff Post, and Jesse Ventura's web series, Off the Grid. In 2018, Travis recognized the need for a non-standard, non-establishment candidate who cares more about Ohio than climbing the political ladder. Raylene, prepare for liftoff.
2: Copy that, Johnny.
0: Covers, tie downs, and those goddamn grounding cables. Removed as required. Communications connected. Check. Preamps in the green. Check. Cold beer. Double check. Thrusters are hot. Raylene, are you ready to rock?
2: All systems go, Johnny.
0: Let's blast off with Travis Irvine. All right. Bam. Travis, welcome to the show, man. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me. So, Travis, you're running for governor of Ohio. That is why you're here. That is correct. So tell us... So my question to you is, why are you running and what makes you better than everyone else? Go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Wow. Well, no pressure there. No, um, no pressure, bro. It's all good. I mean, I'm, I'm running because uh, the Libertarian Party of Ohio essentially asked me to run. They know about my previous uh, races. when I ran for mayor of my hometown and ran for Congress, like you mentioned, and I have a history of always achieving the minimum amount of libertarian votes needed to uh, maintain ballot access. And I also have a track record of uh, basically making creative, quirky campaign commercials that, like you guys mentioned, always get national earned media. So those are two important factors. Uh, Also being a millennial, kind of a fresh face for the libertarian movement always helps. So uh, I am basically campaigning as the pro-freedom alternative to the Democrat, Republican establishment candidates. Uh, As we probably all know, uh, a lot of these candidates are just different sides of the same coin. So we're bringing up issues that a lot of these guys are not bringing up, talking about things like, of course, legalizing marijuana, criminal justice reform, uh, ending the death penalty, uh, tax reform, uh, bringing down regulations on small businesses. And uh, essentially, to kind of go to the right of the Republican uh, establishment candidate Mike DeWine, we're also talking about protecting the Second Amendment and rolling back uh, Medicaid expansion, which uh, John Kasich—and it is Kasich, like you're sick of uh, him—that's our (laughs) our current governor. He's been in here eight years. Uh, He, of course, expanded Medicaid, uh, which really ticked off the Tea Party and conservative movements here in Ohio. So, uh, as you mentioned, I started that pack back in 2014. Um, and feel free, I know the name's kind of hard to say, Central Ohioans Countering Kasich, but feel free to just use the acronym if you want. Uh, it's much easier yeah.
0: to uh, use. Yeah, there's a little tongue tie in there. Yeah, it took a
1: minute. C- COCK is, is much easier to say. So, um, but uh, <laughs> absolutely. C-O-C-K. We, we, are, we are already uh, experiencing a, an uptick in interest from conservative and Tea Party groups. Um, one of the big reasons I started that pack Uh, back in 2014, if you guys don't know, is that John Kasich and his cronies actually kicked off the Libertarian Party of Ohio off the ballot. First, they rewrote minor party ballot access laws in 2013 to make it so basically a minor party had to get 3%, a minimum of 3% in a governor's race or a presidential race uh, to maintain ballot access for four years. Now, we all know libertarians We're ballot access experts, but the duopoly Mm -hmm. makes it as hard as they can wherever we go. So they did that first, and then to add to it, they kicked our gubernatorial candidate off the ballot in 2014 because they were so afraid of what he would do to Kasich's numbers. And they all knew in the back of their minds that John Kasich was probably going to run for president in, in 2016. So. You know, the Libertarian Party, we've been through some ups and downs here. Certainly a lot of trials and tribulations since 2014, but I'm excited to represent the party and uh, bring a fresh face to the movement going forward. Very cool.
2: Very cool. Travis, have you always been a Libertarian?
1: Uh, No, I, I, you know, it's interesting. I, I think I first had an independent streak when I was a kid. I was a big political nerd when I was a kid, and I was the only... Kid to vote for Ross Perot in the 1992 uh, mock presidential election in my third grade class. Me too. Me too. Yeah, there you go. I thought he was great. I was just like, Hashtag wow. Me too, Riley. Right, me too. Right? <laughs> yeah, I, I just thought he was uh, he was great, and and uh, you know, it's just nice to see a, a different person up there, a different option. Um, so I think that's when it started. And, but then you know, I came of age. Let's see, I, I turned 18 in August 2001. And of course, uh, a month later, the entire world changed um, forever. And it was a very different world than I thought I would grow up in. So I found myself very opposed to the Bush Cheney administration. I was very against the Patriot Act. I was very against the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq. And I I knew all of this, you know, as an 18, 19, 20 year old kid. And uh, I thought, you know, the thing to do would be to be a Democrat. I thought Democrats stood. Uh, you know, against Bush-Cheney's wars. I thought they stood for civil liberties and all these things. And then, of course, as the years went on, 2004, I campaigned for John Kerry, 2006. I was trying to be part of the the blue wave of 2006. And uh, lo and behold, I found by the time we got to Barack Obama that the Democrats really just stood for a lot of the same things that Republicans did. Luckily, in that time, in two thousand and seven, there's a thing that a lot of millennials experience called the Ron Paul moment. Never heard of yeah.
0: him. So is he? <laughs> is he a pretty? Yeah. Was he influential? And uh, where's he from?
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's very. <laughs> for sure. Never heard of this yeah, guys. You know, just a, a, a tiny Texas congressman who spoke oh, okay. up in a, cool. in a debate there, in <laughs> a GOP presidential debate in May 2007. Yeah. Um, I believe political political historians refer to it as the Ron Paul moment. Yeah. And yeah. essentially, there's this Republican who was anti-war, pro-civil liberties, anti-drug war. And here I am thinking I'm a Democrat watching this. I'm like, hey, hold, hey, hold on. Yeah. And an anti-war, pro-civil liberties Anti-drug war Republican. It was just like yeah. <laughs> mind
0: mind blown. Achievement unlocked. Right. I mean that that was a it was a big deal to me too, man. And I think he changed. I mean, he's eighty to ninety percent responsible for me being a libertarian. How about you, Ray Ray?
2: Actually, I was libertarian before that, but Ron Paul really helped reinforce realize that that we can get political. Also, mm-hmm. that we have almost a responsibility to try to take this movement as as outside of small l and make it big l too so yes it was very influential for me just knowing that i wasn't alone out there yeah
0: very cool i mean so, so your foundations are based on ron paul's influence right yeah now as you as you started like kind of coming you know going down the rabbit hole of libertarianism did you have you like studied this stuff i, I mean have you kind of gotten into the philosophy and the principles of the movement and the party
1: yeah be, uh definitely because that you know was certainly a turning point it was kind of like a keyhole moment, you know, where you look through the keyhole and just see a bit of what's on the other side, um, and then you know, I mean, I, I had never heard of libertarianism, honestly. You know, mm-hmm. when I asked my friends, I was like, "Ron Paul, this guy's great. Who is he?" And everyone's was like, "Well, he's a libertarian." I'm like, "Well, what the heck is that?" And then I start to look into it, and you know, it's interesting because a lot of my friends who are libertarians came from the right. You know, they used to be Republicans. And and I come from the left. You know, I used to think Uh I was a progressive liberal, and what I realized all the things I liked about being a progressive liberal, um, especially back in those days, uh, you know, being uh, against the war, being for for civil liberties, uh, being against the drug war, being pro gay marriage, uh, you know, being pro choice, things like that. Um, You know, I realized I could still have all those things by being a libertarian, and it was just kind of really the the idea of the economics and the idea of of government services, you know, basically, basically domestic policy stuff mm-hmm. that was really the only difference. And, you know, for me, I think the big moment was just kind of really getting into the Constitution and kind of reading books by Ron Paul and also some progressive leaning uh, constitutionalists where it's just like, wow, the Constitution called for the federal government to really be responsible for five main areas of government. And that was Uh, Maintaining a fair judicial system, uh, maintaining a fair uh, principled currency, uh, maintaining a strong national defense, and then uh, maintaining uh, national roads as well as a post office. And I looked at those five areas that are written into the Constitution. I'm like, wow, they are barely getting those five things right. Right? Why would I trust them with anything else like education, healthcare, and and environment, things like that? So from there, I started to come around on this whole idea of well then you know what if people were the solutions to these domestic problems and not government and you know from there i say i never have looked back beautiful beautiful, beautiful. I'm, I'm with you man
2: so when you are out there speaking uh, about libertarianism in ohio how are you received what are you hearing
1: um well it's it's a mixed bag um obviously mm-hmm. but uh you know i I always have to make sure, you know, my strategy with running for office and again this is my third time running for office and this is easily the most ambitious and, and biggest one I've ever done. Um I always honestly try to listen more than I talk. Uh, I really enjoy actually listening to people and um you know, when you go to things like county fairs and tea party meetings and other get out the vote efforts, um you really kind of just focus on what other people are worried about. And the biggest thing, honestly, here in Ohio is the opioid crisis that we're experiencing. Um, um, it's absolutely we're one of the worst states actually for the opioid crisis really? Oh yeah, it's it's pretty pretty terrible and it's only grown exponentially the last eight years since the Republicans have been in office here. Technically, it, it got started when the Democrats were in, in control in Ohio. Um, but it's only gotten worse since the Republicans were in control. So obviously what's happening is the Republican candidate Mike DeWine and the Democrat candidate Rich Cordray, Are both blaming each other for this crisis without really presenting any solutions. So, you know, one of the things I talk to people about uh, on the ground, these people who are dealing with it on a family level or a community level, is you know, uh, it's a pretty obvious libertarian answer, but legalize marijuana. We have Mm a medical marijuana program that was supposed to start on September eighth here in Ohio and has been completely botched by the Ah. Republicans in control uh, of the state government. They've had two years to set it up. They have completely screwed up. It's basically delayed, um, and we don't know how long it's delayed right now. But, I mean, we're just talking over-regulated to a T. The licensing process is all screwed up. They're only allowing for 26 growers total in the entire state. Only three three of them have even been allowed to start planning. Um, And because of this, the, the whole program is delayed. After the plants are ready, Um, they have to be processed because by Ohio law, you can only consume the medical cannabis uh, through oils, edibles, or vapors. You can't smoke it. So after these limited amount of growers get it grown, (laughs) they have to get it to a processor. Uh Um, We're only allowed to have 40 processors in the state. Only 14 of those have been approved. And then after these products are actually ready, um, the dispensary process is completely uh, botched as well. There's only 222 doctors who can actually even prescribe the medicine in the entire state. Wow! And they're only allowed to prescribe uh, the 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 marijuana for 21 medical conditions. Only 21. Even wow! It's crazy. It's crazy, man. Yeah, even even the federal government allows for uh, research into 150 medical conditions. So you know they've just completely. Uh, screwed it up and
2: cronyism, protectionism and plain favorites and, and basically having a monopoly. Did they do it by a lottery or did they do it by bid?
1: Uh, they did it through. Um, well, you could say it's kind of both. It's technically a, a licensing process where you submit a, an application, the businesses submit an application and then based on uh, various criteria, uh, the licenses are awarded or not. Well, here's the here's the thing, though, like with legalizing marijuana.
0: Why not decriminalize it instead of legalize I'm just asking what your standpoint is on it. Oh, sure. And what do you think would be more efficient? Because when you legalize it, you, you still have the state involved in something. And they're going to tax it. And they're going to do Like in Seattle, they legalized it, right, where we're at. But it's not. They're still making profit off of it, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, to me, it's like if you decriminalize it.
2: Ours is taxed at like a 38%.
0: It's ridiculous, right? Right. So what I'm saying is why not just take the, the, the even firmer position and say just decriminalize it completely.
1: Sure. Decriminalizing it completely is also part of our platform. We actually have partially decriminalized it here in Ohio. That was one thing that John Kasich did that I am uh, okay with, obviously. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it's just, but, you know, it's it's the same deal. It's for certain amounts and it's a ticket. And then it's the second time, it's a larger ticket. And then we have this three strikes and you're out rule uh-huh. in Ohio. And, and then at that point, um, I believe time has to be served. But uh, just to... Finish up on the whole opioid crisis uh, idea and and that is of course that even in states like California, Colorado, where you have at least a medical marijuana or legal marijuana program in place, the opioid deaths are twenty five percent less the entire opioid crisis is twenty five percent less costly and right, harmful right so that's you know. You know, people kind of come up to me like, oh, libertarians, you just talk about legalizing weed. It's like, no, I'm talking about saving money and lives sure. on this, on this yeah. thing that's literally ravaging our communities and killing yes. our young people. Right. Yeah. So, um, and, but I'm completely with you. I actually, for my master's thesis at Columbia uh, Journalism School, I actually wrote about medical marijuana. Um, and that was 2012. And it's crazy how much um, my, my thesis is no longer relevant. Uh, because everything has changed so much now that states are going fully legal, and and yeah, I, I'm on board with you know more of the Colorado m- uh, model. I just you know was, wrote an article about the California program, and I know the California program is completely overregulated, completely overtaxed so mm-hmm. much so that people are still just going to their old illegal uh, marijuana dealers, uh, you know, because it's just like well, you know, I got an app they'll just bring the guy to me or I can go pay way more at the government-sanctioned store. So Also,
2: safer weed, to be honest, cannabis is um, often sprayed with pesticides and the state doesn't make them disclose what kind of chemicals are on those things. I mean, this is what's happening in Washington. So a lot of people I know would rather pay a little more from their their old people that used to grow it or, or deal it and because they know they're getting it more organic and, and kind of taken care of more. It's it's like supporting small business it, through algorithm.
0: i don't warn you, you, may find the video This is not a politically correct question but like what about other things like are you, are you eventually gonna jump on legalizing cocaine legalizing all of it i mean where do you stand on that oh i know you're running for governor and you know i know you right. have like a right rec- yes you have to talk like you're important you know but like what, what do you, what's your feelings though on like all the drugs because i mean did does the state really have a a say in the matter and what you put in your oh, body
1: no. Yeah, I'm completely on board with the libertarian mantra of of basically eventually legalize everything. I just feel that, yeah, when I'm out talking to just regular Ohio voters, this is a good way to at least start. I completely admire what they've done in Portugal, in places like Vancouver. And that's actually part of our platform too, is full on criminal justice reform, which is essentially mm-hmm. treating the nonviolent drug offenders um, you know, as a health problem, quote unquote, you know, health problem, right. um, but no longer a criminal problem. You know, essentially, even just in Ohio, I think we got uh, 50 some thousand people in jail just for nonviolent drug offenses. And guess what? That costs us over $500 million a year to incarcerate these folks. So, you know, this is. It, wow. when, I, when I put it in terms like this, this is something I can go into a room of Democrats and progressives and say, look, this is morally wrong. It's ripping apart communities. This is a health problem, a health issue, uh, not a criminal issue. And then I can go over to tea parties and say, hey, this is $500 million of your taxpayer dollars that should be back in your pockets or back in your communities. And you know, when you put it in, in that way, um, re- people really start to, to resonate with it. I, I think this is obviously an a, yet another libertarian idea that's time has come yes beautiful
0: very cool so your tax reform what are some of the things that you're gonna do to reduce the debt and taxes so besides you know the criminal justice and all that stuff as of government programs in your state what do you plan on doing to reduce it are you going to fire a bunch of people because that'd be awesome
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that I would you know it's fun being a millennial because Everyone's like, well, how are you going to run the government? It's like, man, I already run my personal and my professional life on a no-budget basis, basically. Uh-huh. Every single thing. Uh, I am a small business owner. I own a video production and media consulting uh, business here in Ohio. I've had it for, um, well, over a decade now. We, we started after we graduated college, uh, my business partners and I. and and, you know, it, it's insane what we can do when you just focus on getting the job done and focus on being creative and stretching every single dollar. And that's how I am proposing to run the state government of Ohio, like a small business. Wow. Um, and, and that, yes, that involves, you know, uh, cutting wasteful spending where you have it. That includes uh, making departments more efficient. That includes making a lot of departments more transparent to the public so you can actually see how the money is being spent. Right. Right. Um, you know, there's two important things here in Ohio with in, in regards to our budget. Number one, we have a balanced budget amendment um, in Ohio, meaning obviously government can't spend more than it brings in. But it's a complete misnomer because Republicans and Democrats end up using it as an excuse anytime the state brings in more money, they just keep spending more of it. So mm-hmm. um, you know, we need to basically find a way to just keep the costs low for operating. Um, the state and, and that includes operating budget and the capital budget and then the other important thing is that the governor here in ohio has a line item veto power uh, meaning i can go through a budget with the power of a pen and cross off anything that i don't think uh benefits the people of ohio so beautiful that would be awesome
0: so tra- uh, so travis what you're saying is you're basically going to line like line item veto everything right is that what you're going right. to do
1: Uh, I'm gonna as much as I can. I basically told people. I basically told people that I'm gonna need more pens. Oh my gosh. Nice,
2: Travis Ross Perot would be proud. I just want to say that that this reminds me of listening to his speeches in front of my grandma's TV when I was a kid. I'm not kidding. Yeah,
0: that's very cool. I'm gonna gonna run out of ink. (laughs) I'm gonna run out of ink. That's great, man. One more thing, though. Like, what about what's your stance on gun control? And I don't know what the I don't know what the gun rights are or, you know, what the state's uh, climate is on guns. But overall, what is the climate of Ohio and what are you plan on doing with it?
1: Um, Well, it's a great question because Ohio is generally pretty good on guns. We have uh, concealed uh, carry. Uh, We uh, just passed a law allowing for uh, guns and bars, things like that. Um, But look, as a libertarian, yeah, I think we can do even better. It kind of makes my liberal friends upset to know how pro-gun I am. but I mean, just like any libertarian, I don't think the Second Amendment should be infringed. Uh-huh. Uh, that's why it's worded that way. Um, and, you know, look, I have no problem with people owning guns, whether they're registered or unregistered. I just have a problem, like any libertarian, um, when guns are used to hurt people and to take their stuff. Uh-huh. Um, when when that's not happening, then someone's right to own a gun should not be infringed. And right now, uh, John Kasich, again, he's on his way out, but he was trying to get a uh, a a gun control bill passed in the Republican legislature, and fortunately, they were having none of it. Yep. Um, but that's what you're going to have with Mike DeWine, the Republican, too. Mike DeWine um, has voted in favor of gun control multiple times when he was in the Senate. He has a C- minus rating from the NRA. It, at one time, was an F rating from the NRA. And this is a big issue where we're attracting Tea Party and conservative groups' support because people are nervous about Mike DeWine's stance on guns. He was very vague about it during the Republican primary. And even now people don't know where he really stands on it. So
2: go hard on that. This is, this is an opportunity that you you're describing to us that I am blown away by this opportunity
1: that you really can win this.
0: You might have a shot. You might have a shot, especially with the gun control thing, especially with the gun control.
1: As we continue to get more and more of their support, we realize that, yeah, this is absolutely an issue that we can win on. And, uh, and let's face it, you know, it's just because the Libertarian Party's once again, has been on the right side of this issue for years. So I have a question.
0: I know this has nothing to do with your running, but I, I just I'm just curious where you stand on things as a Libertarian. What do you stand on? You know, I don't know if you've been to the the National Libertarian Party, con, you know, the convention in NOLA in 2018. I don't know if you've gone to functions, uh, but what do you think of socialism? And there is some socialist libertarians or, or people who are claiming to be libertarians. No. Yeah. what do you what do you feel about that I mean what do you think of the socialism streak that's moving throughout the party
1: um well I mean look I, you know just to be honest about it I mean again I came from the left um, I considered myself a progressive I think you know especially during Bush Cheney I probably had at least some socialist ideas but um, I grew out of them you know it, it's kind of like that Winston Churchill quote of uh, if you're if you're uh, not a liberal by the time you're 24 you don't have a heart and if you're not a conservative by the time you're 28 you don't have a brain Uh and i I think what's nice is that you know it's okay for libertarians to kind of have both hearts and brains it's okay to come from either side and to recognize either side um and and look in 2016 um yeah i I was working uh with our america initiative Uh, we were doing rallies i was the the MC and host of a lot of rallies for the gary johnson campaign all around the country Uh and we had a ton of bernie people there they came to Mm -hmm. us for the big ideas kind of like i did you Uh know being anti-war and anti-drug war and pro-civil liberties and um and you know if they came to us for those big ideas and couldn't bring themselves to vote for hillary clinton um i'm okay with that i'm okay with with folks having uh a a part in our party um and kind of paraphrase Nick Sarwak, um, I actually was at the convention in NOLA in uh, 2018 this year. And um, I liked what uh, Mr. Sarwak said about um, about Bill Weld being in the party. He was like, look, Bill Weld being in the Libertarian Party doesn't make us less Libertarian. If anything, it makes Bill Weld more Libertarian. And I kind of feel that same way about the socialists as well. If anything, we are slowly making them more Libertarian. And I (laughs) guarantee they're not going to turn the entire party into a socialist party.
0: no i don't I, I, I don't think they would but at the same time you know I think the uh the ideas behind free markets so and property rights are very important and that's something i think we we have a problem with and, and you know we're right libertarian i'm a, I'm a neo yeah definitely probably a neo libertarian um but at the same time
2: pa- you're more of a paleo libertarian uh, i would pa-
0: say pa- a paleo excuse me <laughs> uh, I'm a paleo libertarian I say neo I'm thinking neoconservative. paleo libertarian but I, you mm-hmm. know, I come from the right, you come from the right really, lane. And at the same time, I never, I, you know, I just don't know if they have a place. I i just don't I've know. I've actually
2: become a little softer on social things. And it, once you become a libertarian and you're a libertarian for a long time, and and, and I'm now ANCAP, just so you know, Travis, I, um, I, it's for me just been because I, I'm a lot more socially tolerant because I realize that none of it matters. And, and, and since I. Legally, don't want to change anything. Then I also realize I just don't really care that much either. Like you just stop. Okay. trying to
0: tell no, people I'm, what to do. I'm I'm with you, but like at the same time, I I don't want to tell people what to do. But I, I just think that I don't think that there is. I don't think it's it's going to influx or change the party, or they're going to be running through the party and changing it. But I don't think that's going to happen. But what I do think it is there. I don't know. I, I just I don't like the ideas. I I'm maybe I'm I'm really biased. I'm like I'm free it's, market it's all the way. Explaining
2: how free markets work and using evidence, just like um that we can through history and also through the technology boom and everything that's going on right now. Like you just talked about, running a business on very little resources and that is right.
0: Yeah, completely.
2: Sure possible these days because yes. of things like the internet and and technology the so, interwebs
0: the interwebs right
2: yes but oh tra- travis you were talking about regulations and in, in small businesses and things and i was just wondering where you were at with zoning before i ask you about the, the the business regulations do you do you think that zoning is actually hurting people or or creating issues where people can't have a business on top of their house or um even that they they Push businesses into certain areas. Do you think that's hurting Ohio?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, actually, it's it's interesting you mentioned that because on a local level, that's actually how I got involved in the po- into politics in the first place. Um, when I ran for mayor of my hometown here in Bexley uh, back in 2007, which by the way, you can actually uh, check out the documentary "American Mayor" on Amazon Prime. Uh, it's a documentary we made while I was running for mayor, and it kind of shows people how to get involved with local government and, and kind of running in in local elections. I've actually um,
2: heard of it, Travis. Okay. Someone's told me about it. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yep, yeah. I've we're, heard of it too. We're very, yep. we're very proud of it. We took it to the Cannes Film Festival back in 2010 and got it back on Amazon uh, just last year for the 10th anniversary of the race, but um, it was actually zoning laws that got me inspired to run it all. Very um, cool. It, it didn't actually pertain to businesses per se, but what happened was, uh, I live in a in the southwest corner of Bexley, it's a landlocked city, um, and we had no representation in city hall, no one in city council, no one working in city hall, no one on any of the, the commissions. And what happened was the university that I grew up across the street from, Capital University, started buying up uh, my neighbor's homes as, uh, you know, as folks were moving out or as, as older people were dying off. And they'd buy the homes, and then they were essentially colluding with the zoning commission at city hall and with city council to rezone the area, so they could knock down the homes and uh, build up dorms. So it was a completely rigged process, and they started to just take away the neighborhood. So that's why I ran. I spoke out about the issues, and again, even though I didn't win, um, you know, my message got through to the community. Uh, several neighbors got put on the various commissions in the city. Two years later, we actually got a guy down the street, elected the city council. And lo and behold, uh, the, the university is no longer just snatching up people's homes, um, including with City Hall. So right there, crony capitalism, we put a stop to it.
0: Very cool, man. I'm down with that. Really quick, man, before we wrap this up, what is uh, something you want to say to people about what is something people can do and why they should vote for you? Really quick, give us a real quick summary before we wrap the show up, brother.
1: Absolutely. If you're in Ohio, I urge you to get involved. We are attracting voters from both sides at this point. Again, the Tea Party conservative groups are starting to endorse our campaign. Uh, non voters and independents obviously are always attracted to libertarian ideas and the things we provide. Um, but we also have a, a poll that just came out shows me polling at 14% with nice. 18 to 35 year olds, as well as nice. 12% with the African American community. Nice. And again, it's, it's just because of our simple libertarian ideas criminal justice reform, legalize marijuana, reduce taxes, reduce regulations of small businesses, protect gun rights, and roll back a Medicaid expansion. All ideas that I think uh, are ways to propel Ohio into the future. Again, as a millennial entrepreneur, no one has more stake in Ohio's future than myself. So check out IrvineForOhio.com. If you are here and want to volunteer, great. If you're outside the state and want to donate, uh, get a t shirt, get a bumper sticker. We got all that good stuff happening. So I'm excited, and uh, it's eight more weeks till Election Day. All right, Raylene, prepare for a landing. Roger that, Johnny.
0: Seat belts and shoulder harnesses. Your body, your choice. Landing gear and downward expanders. NAP initiated. Anti-state superchargers. Defragged and woke. Landing lights and guest websites. Again, this is Travis Irvine, and you can find him at Irvine4Ohio.com. That's irvine for ohiocom uh, Travis, thank you so much for being here. We hope it helps with your campaign, being on the show, and again, it was a pleasure to meet you, man.
1: Thanks so much, guys. This has
0: been fun, man. I
2: can't wait to interview you again when when you win, Governor. When you
0: win. Yeah, come hang out in the mansion. Yes, and we'll drink. And we'll drink. How's that? Sounds great.
1: Or
2: smoke the legalized herb, so.
0: <laughs> That's right. He's, his pen is going to run out of ink. I love it. Let's do it. I love it. Hell yeah, Travis, thank you so much, and good luck on your campaign, sir.
1: Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. All right, have a good night. Well, I don't think I'm ready for a real job yet, so uh, I went and worked in the Bahamas for about a year, and uh, it was one of the best years of my life, except for the, the white guy dreadlocks that I grew. I oh, think everybody yeah, hated yeah. those. No, yes, please don't well, do that.
2: Please. Those don't do- are now racist, I yes, heard. So. Yes. yes. And
1: yeah. you said- back, you s- then, back then, they were cool, but but not acceptable. So, Did you play
2: hacky sack, too?
1: Well, I was doing that for years, anyway. This- this was uh, this was just a result of living in the Bahamas and uh, swimming Island in the ocean all the time. Yeah, pretty much. How long nice, have you?
0: I love it. How long did you study abroad? Because I like doing that also.
1: Um, it was a joke. <laughs> it was a joke. I, I get what you're at, you think <laughs> I get. You?
0: You, you, you smell what I'm putting down, <laughs> or you're yes. picking up what I'm putting down. All right, all right. So um, I'm rec- I, I had to record that.